this morning I was getting some downloads, yeah, just sitting here and I was, this, um, you know, like if this is your starting point, in a sense, you're lost, really, because this is just a culmination of a lot of, uh, let's say, structuring, and then you appear to be in a relationship with everything as a thing, and, and then uh, all that, that, uh, Emphasis on thingness causes us to be blind to the no-thingness, yeah? the, the spatialness of it, the context. And we're really, in a way, this, when I say we and I and you, it's, you know, just, it's, the, it's the disadvantage of this language. You can't seem to get out of being the noun. But it's like we're suffering from claustrophobia, basically, if you look at it. We're just, especially the more centered on self, like, there's not what's orbiting around you has absolutely no space between the planet Paul and the orbiting, yeah? It's so there, everything, thing upon thing upon thing, yes? And then when you are in relationship to a thing, you use things to know it, you know, thoughts and this and that, yeah? And so you just like this claustrophobic thing that you want to get out of. But, you're, but if you attempt to get out of it as a self, that's also part of the orbiting. Like I had a, a guy sent me a really nice email from Sweden, and he was talking about how he sees the pointlessness of all the endeavors of trying to make yourself better, yes? But then you have to point out that, yes, that's a wonderful observation, but it's not a, it's no one had it, and it's not about you. What you're observing is not you, yeah? And the, the flavor and the meaning that's given to what's been observed is the you, yeah? Wow, it's profound what I've seen, but... All the seeing in that is looking. You never get to a point of authentic seeing when you're already in the structure of self. Yeah? All of them, every time, it may be a different brand of looking, and you may say, oh, I finally saw, but it's seeing, it's looking. Yeah? It gets immediately stamped with you as the one who had the observation, yeah? and then that's a form of looking called self-centeredness. So there's no point in trying to get out of it. The system can't leave itself, yeah? You can't, <laughs> the system can't leave itself. So if there's a feeling that I really want to get out of what I'm feeling, <laughs> that's actually the illness. Because really, all ways of getting out are a form of being in it. And there's no place where, where you're outside the circle. There's no place where you appear even on the rim and look down and then see and then make a, a giant statement about the content from the context. That's, the rim is always moving, yeah? As soon as there's a sense of view and the act of claiming, you're in the content, yeah? Seemingly in the content, because there is no context or content. There's only context, yeah? But there's an appearance, a appearance of the content. And how it appears is when there's you, yeah, trying to get out of it or trying to real think about it or whatever. That's the content. The content is wherever you are. It doesn't matter how clear you think you are, that's content. It doesn't matter how freaking insane you think you are, that's also content. Yeah. <laughs> because the you is what makes context content. Yeah. It doesn't make it, it appears to be content. It can't make context into content. That's why the dilemma is trying to get out of it because it's not something you can possibly be in. You cannot be in 
the situation you think you are in. You can't. That's how you get out of it. You realize there's never been a Paul that's been in anything, and there's never been a Paul that got out of anything. That's what, what I would say people call getting out of self. That's what getting out of self is, is a realization you were never in self. There has never been a self to be in or out. Yeah? As soon as the self... It's like that. You show, you're, you're here. This is, a, this is a product of a lot of structuring of mind to take this to be real. It's, it's on a level of consequences. You're just, it's like bumper cars. You, as a thing, are running into other things. Yeah? And then there's all this narration about it. Yes? Da, 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 da. But it's not, this isn't the end-all and be-all. This is like one stream of mind manifesting in a, in a formula called self-centeredness. So you and I become the center, this thing, and from this center, a mind narrates the story of being the center. That's content. Yeah? All the while, the context is always available at all times. So this claustrophobicness of things, mind, thinking, all this, yes, all about you. want to get out of self, and it's so much selfing, it's unbelievable. The whole talk about wanting to get out of self is the is one of the highest forms of selfing. It's like 98% pure selfing, <laughs> you know what I mean? If you're smoking that shit, you're really fucked up. <laughs> it's just, it's like really intoxicating. The, 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 the taking yourself to be so important that it's like a noble struggle to get out of yourself. <laughs> drenched with meaning tons of meaning or dripping off of everything everything becomes really important I had, you know, when I was younger I remember when I was 11 years old I was walking through the hall at school and a girl said hello to me and I went home and wondered what she meant by it for five hours I swear to God, it was the most profound event I mean, there could have been a, an apocalypse the next day, it didn't matter it didn't, everything got <laughs> sucked right into this little point. What does it mean to me? <laughs> and then the, the orbiting and the claustrophobicness of it all. You have me, 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 me. And it produces an incredible agitation in mind, yeah? It, it appears in the body as an irritability, restlessness, a discontent, yes? Which, what is that? But it is fuel for seeking, yeah? When there's a recognition, hey, this ain't enough, what's the mind going to do? It's going to judge this, which it says is not enough, and then move on to what? The next thing. What's the next thing? Whatever it brings up. It, you see it in time. Yeah? Most people's, I've seen people who go hikes on with me, and they're like two steps ahead of themselves. You see the body, but their mind is way down the path, thinking about next week and everything. And it would be, it's sort of like if you ever saw, there's a picture and there's another picture, and they're not place that the, yeah, you see the one, it looks like they're, oh, they're hiking at the waterfall, but the phantom is like three steps ahead, and it's very difficult to bring it into focus, yeah, because what's happening, you're trying to focus the body back where you think you should be, where you think you want to be, instead of recognizing where it seems to be, yeah, it's always like a pulling of the anchor to fit where the boat is. 
Yet the anchor keeps the boat in place, yeah? So this is more about, oh, okay, if I recognize or just start entertaining that I'm not that, you know, that prior fixed reference of being a body. I'm not saying what you are, you care less what you are. Yeah? But I know maybe, maybe this possibly, you may not be what your mind takes yourself to be, the conditional mind. If I'm not that, what happens is my relationship to things, with this thing, and with all the other things around this thing, a little space appears, yeah? There's a little, like the, the solar system, instead of being like, like uh, contracted into that point, like they said, and then the Big Bang, well, our minds are just doing the opposite. We're trying to contract again. The whole universe becomes about me. That's very claustrophobic, yeah? When that is seen, hey, I'm not that center, so what happens is space starts to appear or have an influence in your life. You travel lighter, you know? So the thoughts that were like right, you know, like ripping, you know, like 80, 80 grit sandpaper going all day around your little head, just ripping your, ripping your energy up, yeah? You know, so like an electric sander. Yeah? It gets moved, yeah? Some space. And then the space, because it's not so filled with things, yeah, its influence is noted, yeah. It's, it's it, the influence of emptiness is probably the greatest influence of all, yeah. The influence of nothingness is the greatest influence of all. But it's hard to get to that when everything's full of things, yeah. And you can see it, very simple example. Let's say someone's worried about next week, is they're gonna get, they think they're going to get fired. So, of course, there's the you that's worried about the being fired and then the situation, and there may be evidence that it could happen, yes? So now, if you would ask that person, and they're basically in anxiety as a body and as a brain now, or mind-body, as you like to say. The mind-body is contracted, yes? Contracted with the anticipation of something adversely happening to it, yes? Which would have a meaning, yes? All right, so what is that meaning? Are you really worried about getting fired? If you ask yourself, well, what does it mean to you to be fired? Yeah, and then, you, and then the mind will come up with another meaning. Well, if I get fired, I could be destitute in a few weeks. All right, well, what does it mean to be destitute? Well, it means I won't have any money, I won't be able to get anything I want, and uh, no one will like me and respect me, I'll never meet a girl if I'm destitute. <laughs> you know, come over to my cardboard box, probably won't work. Yeah? All right. Okay, so what is the meaning of that? That you may not have meet a woman in this and that and that and this, if you may not win a woman. Then you see the mind's meaning of that, yeah? And if you keep bringing it down to asking it, well, what, what does that mean to you? What does that mean to you? What does that mean to you? After a time, you'll get to a point where it doesn't have any meaning. Yeah? So, and what, what gets revealed at that moment is the space, yeah? You bring it to all its meanings, that's provoking and all this anxiety and fear. And then when the meanings are seen, that they're not the one you thought it was, not the one you think it was, not the one you think it was, and then it maybe stops, what gets sensed is the space that all those meanings were appearing in. So the meanings, they may take up space, but they don't erase space. Yeah? The space is always available at all times. The context is always available at all times. No matter how much our mind is concentrated on the content it's making up, yeah? The quality of context is always available. That's the good news. 
because if it was about getting over content and then finding a map to go get the context, forget about it. That's why most people are approaching it like, okay, okay, I'm in the content of my life and I'm sick and tired of it, you know, it's, it's empty and it's actually not empty, it's full of fucking meaning. One of the biggest meanings is that it's empty. Yeah. It's not empty at all. If it was empty, there'd be freedom. But because it had tons of meaning, that, oh, it's empty. I don't have a girl. I don't have this. I don't have that. Blah, 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 blah. And there's a belief in it. Yeah. So the attention and interest, its, it's ability to see nothing now gets determined by a pair of glasses, like called self-centeredness, to look at things. So all the while it's looking right into the seeing nothing, the context, but it can't see it because it's looking. And the way it's trained on a perceptual level is to see things. Yeah, see thoughts. You don't usually see this, this, like the space between the thoughts, do you? It's usually the mind attempts, though there is awareness there when there are no thoughts, yes? But most people, the mind moves right to the next thought, yeah? It's trained to look at things. It's not trained to recognize seeing. Seeing is seeing nothing, yeah? Even while you're looking at a thing, that's seeing nothing, obviously. If you look at the Buddhism, emptiness is form and form is emptiness. So everything that appears, every phenomena, which would be content, yeah? Form is inherently empty, which is context. So while I'm looking at you, there's seeing nothing. But the seeing nothing isn't an event or an experience. It's a state. I would say it's past the state, but let's use that word. It's a state. It's not an experience. Looking is an experience. See? I'm looking at Craig. That's the experience. Now I'm looking at Z. Two different experiences. So I can keep... By the attention to the experience, I believe looking is an act I'm doing. But in fact, all there is is seeing. Yeah? The seeing never stops. Even when the looking changes from one thing to another, the seeing is always same, same. Yeah. Same, same. Yeah. <laughs> always the same, same. It is. Yeah. So there's constantly seeing nothing, and that's why we don't notice it. Because our mind's trained to see things, which is a form of looking, and then breaking this incredible context into an experiential linear story. I'm looking at this, I'm not looking at that. And it sort of seems like you have a choice what you look at. Yeah? But there's no choice in the seeing. The seeing is always there, be it obvious or unobvious, whatever you want to call it. You can live a total life busily looking at things like thoughts and people and yourself in mirrors and like that. But every time what's looking is what is truly what we're looking for, and what we're looking for is the seeing. That's always there. Yeah? The, f the looking is an interpretation by conditional mind of seeing. Yeah? So when I, when I can see an object and not see an object, I can call that looking, and then it looks like I'm doing it, doesn't it? That's the way the mind's logic works. Well, it's not always happening, so it seems to happen when I look, so I'm the one who's looking. It makes incredible leaps to claim living, yeah? And now living becomes my life, yeah? <laughs> and you know what happens, as soon as the my is introduced, weight, the table of weight becomes real to us, yeah? The mind gives meaning now to the things. It doesn't see the inherent meaninglessness and all, which doesn't have any meaning either, like they say in S, you know? Everything is meaningless, 
total relative meaning, constantly, but the relative meaning with a weight in relativity as being absolute. This never is going to happen. It always happens, yes? It's constantly, you ever, you know when you're really fucked is when it starts using the word never and always. Yeah? I've been always depressed. No, you haven't. Oh, I'm always fucked up. Like, people do this all the time. I never do this, but you're doing it right now. Oh, I never do this, but you... What the hell? How can you say that? You're doing it. I never come here, but you're here. How did you get here then? Wait a minute. I never come here. Well, well, you surprised yourself. You came here. That's insane. Isn't it? That's really so, so out to lunch. I mean... Talking about, we're worried about being taken. We've been taken on. We've been so taken. <laughs> I eye out. People out to get me. <laughs> You're so, we're so far gone from there. <laughs> we've been taken by the mental process. <laughs> False evidence is constantly appearing real to us. Take our own light and we look for artificial light. Please help me see. <laughs> you know you're going to hate anyone who helps you see. Because <laughs> you don't really want to see. You know what I mean? <laughs> Someone says, oh, I can help you. Please stay away from that. Okay, no one can help you see. It's a recognition of, an, of, of, a, of a constantly stated fact at all times. All there is is that awareness. How can anyone help you see that? Yeah? You see. Yeah, not you. The seeing. Everyone can invite and give a little information. For me, I like to give information of what I'm not and how it appears. Because I don't believe any information about what we are does any good. Because what we'll be entertaining it is what we're not. You know? I mean, really. I swear to God. I don't want to hear another thing about the infinite ocean of bliss. Because it's always me. Where, where I want to get some of that seaside property. I want to get to that ocean of bliss. You know? That the, the, the stubbornness of being a wave immediately puts you in the relationship as other with the ocean. All you've got to do is look at, am I a wave? If I'm not a wave, guess what? The oceanness may become obvious. I like the back doorway. It works a lot better. So let's say here that the claustrophobia starts moving, and then the space reveals itself, yeah, as empty. And then what happens? There's a like a you live large in a way, yeah? not sort of not defined by circumstances and situations as so much. But what you inherently are starts influencing how you travel through circumstances and situations. Yeah? So things that used to really flip you out may not flip you out. And you'll start seeing the effects. Yeah? You'll start seeing the effects of it. And then this, these glasses, which we believe is me looking, you know, which is just a form of glasses. And obviously it is an incredible statement. It is a, like a bifocal. It's a dualistic, it's a split mind. Yeah? So the mind, if the eye be single, the body's full of light. But with these glasses of conditional mind, it splits, yeah? Everything is now yes and no, close and far. It seems to split, yes. Nothing is actually happening, but it appears to be happening, yes? So in this point, it's, it's, I recognize, hey, I may not possibly be that, and then once you entertain I'm not that, 
the next thing your mind can entertain is to be free of it. Yeah? It can be like a free-range mind, so to speak. It becomes unsaddled by this this modality, even though the modality is the, is the same manifesting modality here, but there's a lot of traveling lighter. Yes, a, a lot traveling lighter. The body still is still in the same format, yes, but the traveling in the format changes dramatically. So the emphasis shifts from thingness, you know, this thingness and that thingness, and then the forgetting of the space, to the space being acknowledged a lot more, and the, and, the, and let's say the thing is moves to the background, and then the space moves to the foreground. Well, I'm just talking about that that open uh, absence of inherent thingness. Yeah. So, like here, if you're sitting here, like they, like in Buddhism, Tibetan Buddhism, they would say looking at the sky. Yeah. Open sky mind, something like that. The the quality of the sky, if you see. Things are appearing in it, but those things don't affect the sky. Yeah? Like the clouds. The clouds appear in them, but they're not affecting the sky, are they? If we had some 4th of July explosions, would the sky rip open? Yeah. A plane could fly through it. They're never calling the terminal saying that we ran into a big chunk of sky up here. Yeah? It's just a name we give to space, let's say. I would say that's what mind is like. Yeah? So what every, what's ever happening in mind... Whatever appearing in mind has no effect on mind. Yes? No consequences. No effect. It's like here, this thing hitting that thing, it'll hurt this thing. Yeah? If I move this chair, well, I'll use this example. I like this thing. Here's a chair. Let's say this chair's been here a long time. And maybe a lot of people gave great talks from this chair. Yeah? Who knows? <laughs> And so, and we oh yes, you walk in the room and that chair is, oh yes, there's the chair. You don't even say it anymore, it's just be taken. What happens if I move the chair? Out of sight. What happens? Did I have to move space in to take up the space it was taking up? Do I have like a little closet of, I'll bring that chair space here. Quickly, all right. No? Was there like a big gap? No. Yeah? And if you looked at, what was the realm of influence the chair had only on other things? Maybe you made a mark on the floor, yeah? And maybe you can hit the wall and see a mark on it. But in the space, it has no influence whatsoever. There's no history of the chair in the space, yeah? So let's see, what's the difference between me and the chair? If I walk out of here now, I hate this space. I'm 
not coming back to the space. No. <laughs> if you took this building away, you wouldn't have to add space. It's just the, in other words, everything here is just appearing in space, isn't it? Wouldn't that be the situation that's happening with us? We're an appearance in space. We have tons of influence on other appearances, seemingly, but we have no influence in the space that we're appearing in. So how real are we? If you have absolutely no influence on something that's here, then how real are you? Not too much. <laughs> you know what I mean? Usually real things would have an effect. Yeah? So that's the idea of mind. If it can come out of the ass of selfie, pop out, and start entertaining, hey, I may not be that. And just let's see what happens. Yeah. See what happens as you, tra as you travel. It's like, it's really based on the, the mind's view of Zen called, I don't know. If that suspension of I'm this, which is just a representative of tons of old ideas, yeah? So when when Paul gets conjured up by the word or by the act of my, like, oh, this is my girlfriend, yes? Have you noticed if you're seeing a woman or a guy, it's usually really a lot of fun until one day they become your girlfriend or my girlfriend. As soon as my enters, then I could, I'm up on stalking charges a few months later. I mean, I'm looking in her email, I'm breaking into her house. The whole thing changes as soon as the my gets entered. Yeah. This is like how what this represents gives meaning to things here, and by claiming. Yeah. By claiming my body, my, my thoughts, my this. I cannot believe that there can be a belief that these are your thoughts. You can't even take a shit when you want to. But you're actually believing you're doing this incredibly subtle activity called thinking? Come on. I mean, seriously. <laughs> I'm going to stop thinking you. You can't even stop taking a shit. <laughs> when you have to. <laughs> but I'm going to stop this very, very subtle process because I'm the doer of it. I'm the theory of brain. This is the claustrophobicness of selfing. Yeah? It claims everything, which sucks everything into a little orbit. Yeah? And then it gives a tons of meaning to all that's been sucked into this orbit, and yet all there is is space. That's not being affected one bit by all this mental activity. So that's a, so at the same time the story of Paul is being produced and directed and started, there is a space that's available to the mind when it's in this appearance to realize it's not what's appearing. Yeah? So it's, a, its influence or effect, because it's timeless, doesn't take any time. Yeah. The mind just opens up and bam, it doesn't open up in a process, it opens up. Now, when it translates here, it may look like a process to allow it to keep, quote-unquote, opening up, but the fact the opening up has nothing to do with time, or nothing to do with activity. It's just a state of mind that's been accessed, because what happened? You and I became available to it. We entertained it. But see, the thing is, people try to become available to it, but as a self. Yeah? They want to dead doing things to become available to that, but as a self, you're not available. Because you can be available and not available. That's not availability. Availability is recognizing something's always so. There's no break that it isn't so, then is so, then isn't so. It's like in uh, programs I'm involved in, people talk about surrender. And the big thing they have with surrender is they always seem to take it back. 
So they surrender their life, then they take it back. Surrender, take. It's this huge, like, like a pantomime of like an ocean tide, low tide, high tide. You know, movement, move, move, move. But there's a recognition. If you've ever had the the uh, revelation of surrender, the mind can entertain it, and that surrender. Yes, because the principle in every surrender is the whole enchilada. Yeah. Yeah. So if what was revealed to me in that surrender, if I don't entertain it as Paul, which will make it an experience that I do or don't do, which is surrender, like I'm the one that's doing it. If I re- if I'm not the Paul, then my mind can get surrendered, where something becomes a done deal. Not doesn't have to be reviewed anymore. Doesn't have to go back to. Doesn't lose its shine over time. Yeah, because it's timeless. It's not of here in a way. So it's not. Its value is inherent, so it's the most reliable of all. Because its value isn't determined by what meaning you or I give it. It's already what it is. Yeah. So, in the I don't know state, you, what happens? You live a life of finding out. And if you know conditional mind, it has a huge premium in knowing, even if it's fucking wrong a lot. It wants to be right about it, knows it. You know? It's whole notary knowing just neuters your experience here, doesn't it? You know something, like when you were a kid or a dog, you take a dog to the beach, if it's a laboratory, you throw that ball, it will, you could be there all night, 12 hours, and it has as much fun the first one than the 80th one. You ever see them? They're just totally going crazy. Or a little kid, you scare, you go, boom, and then you run, boom, and they did, you can do the exact same thing, but their experience is fresh every time, yeah? You're getting bored as hell. What's this kid Come on, you just keep smiling because it's not it's not in time yet, yeah? The dog isn't in time. So something can be fun and it's fun. Here it's oh it was fun. And very quickly. Oh yeah, that was that was fun. Now I'm in my usual state of non fun. And I'm seeking to have fun. Yeah. It's insane. What do you think that is? You think that's real? It's a structure of mind. So if you find the cog or the center of the whole system, to me, it's the idea of being a self. Yeah? That's, if that gets entertained and allowed to loosen and space comes around that, then its appearance, its ability to make all false evidence seem to be so real to you, loosens. It weakens. So what used to seem to bond you doesn't bond you anymore. Yeah? Because you realize the bonding agent isn't the glue. It's you that's the glue. It's that you're believing it. You're giving it the meaning. That's what it glues. It has no ability to, to fool you. If it did, it would fool everyone. Yeah. If one person can see through something, it's see-throughable. If it had a quality to fool one, it would fool everyone. It doesn't have the quality. The one has the quality to be fooled. When there's the idea of one, that has the quality to be fooled. There's a lot of agendas going on that your little narrator has no idea about. So you think, oh, I really don't want this to happen, but an aspect of mind wants that to happen. So it gets more like that quality. There's a sense of uh, your ability or your availability to possibilities is, is now pronounced once again. Obviously not you, but the mind's ability. Yeah? 
to be available. Because what's always so is available, obviously, or wouldn't be what's always so. The dilemma is that we seemingly can entertain we're not available. And then when we start entertaining we want to be available, we entertain as a self, yeah? Which causes us not to be available. Because we want to be there when it gets good. We want the, We really have a drive to be the one who gets it. I want to be just like me and then wake up. <laughs> and I want to be me after when I'm awake so I can take advantage of being awake as me. Yeah? <laughs> if, that, if that stubbornness is there, then that what's available will always be put into time. It will always not be here and not be now because it will have to be based on something you do to get there because you're playing God. Conditional mind, that's what it does here. It plays God. Yeah. It plays God with God. How? Who tells you you're, get, you're getting close to God? Your head usually, yeah. Oh, I feel, feel like I'm really getting there. And then, and then you feel, then the next day it's really far away. I would say that's playing God up with God. If God's everywhere, how can you be away from it? Yeah. How come I'm not run, running up against Him all day? How can I live as if, as if I'm oblivious to the context? Because my mind is really emphasizing the content. Yeah. Why does it do that? Because its, it's, it's ability to entertain is entertaining through a certain prism called selfing, which limits its ability to entertain because now it entertains everything as a self. So, salvation is something that may happen instead of being a state, yeah? Again, it just, everything gets translated into time. Unbelievable. You know, so you go to retreat, you think the longer you're there, the more you're going to get the message. The message is a message. Do you ever get 30-page messages? No. Come over here, the, the package is there. Pick it up, use it. Oh, invitation. All right, I'm on page 33 of the invitation. Fuck, it's getting to be really burdensome, this invitation. It's really freaking heavy. I thought an invitation was, hey, look up. All right. Yeah. Invitations and messages, they're not... I like repetition, but I don't like... Um, to spend a lot of time on this in one day, to me, seems ridiculous. I'd much rather have, you know, go have some yoga or something. Do something. Because yeah. the more you pour around over this, the more the selfing gets engaged, yeah? Your mind gives it a noble meaning which separates it from what's always so. Now it's a thing in your little universe. A biter or whatever. So, hey. Any questions today? We'll wait for Greg. You have to go to bed. See, he just heard this and now he's shooting it out. That's the way to go. <laughs> it's like a laxative. It has no, it's not meant to stay with you. It's, it, yeah? It's just, a, it's like a catalyst to me. You ever have it when your car breaks down and you can't start it? So you get some gas and you put it in a little couple of drops in the carburetor, yeah? And then the carburetor, the car catches and then starts up. You don't keep pouring the gas in or you'll flood it again, yeah? This is what a message to me or an invitation is. Mind is mind. Yeah? It, there's no need, it doesn't need anything to be added to it or anything. All it has to do is be invited, maybe, that, hey, 
You may not be that. That would you take yourself to be. What? Yeah. You may not. It's not a draft or a conscription, just an invitation. You may not be that. And if the mind starts entertaining it, you really can be free. You can only be free, in a sense, if you think you're in, involved with something by recognizing you're not in. If you're taking itself, yourself to be that, you'll, the only way you can entertain being free is as that. And that's not freedom. Yeah? The freedom is from it, in a sense. You know it is not you by its absence. 
it's very difficult to know it's not you when it's present. Yeah? That's that's sort of you're still in the content in a way. Yeah? That's right, because it's never been present. That's why. See, its inherent nature is that it's absent of being anything. Selfish. It's not real. Yeah. So that's what you see. It gets distilled into that. I'm not that. And then it's in seeing what you're not, that's what I am, is the seeing of what I'm not. That's how it gets, that's how it translates here. I am what, I am the seeing of what I'm not. Yeah? Before, I was looking seemingly from what I thought I was, and I was I had all like these ideas about what I was, but really what I am is the seeing of what I'm not. The awareness of what I'm not is actually what I am. Yeah. Does that make any sense? Yeah.
hey, there's a difference between the mental here and the manifest here. The manifest here wasn't out to get me. <laughs> it was the mental here that was out to get me. <laughs> so, so that's what happens in a way. So for me, there's like then there was total incredible need to be liberated from here. <laughs> now I have no desire to get liberated from here. <laughs> they're they're called the same thing, but they're totally different. Yeah. So most people, if you watch people, they're not responding to now. They're reacting to what's not happening. Yeah. The mind is t- worried about next week or going over something or an hour before. Or, what are my chances today? You know, whatever. You know, it's just ruminating over tons of information, <laughs> but it's not actually the dominant thing that's happening. Yeah? It's just one aspect. But when your interest and attention is into it, it overrides everything else. So you're not even responding to what's happening anymore. You're reacting basically all day to what's not happening. It's a form of slavery. If you watch it, it really is. It's incredible. Because in what's not happening, there's an incessant need to get relief, and you can't get relief from what's not happening. Because it's not happening. Yeah? Every time you try to get relief from what's not happening, it causes it to seem to be real. So the only solution is, hey, it's not happening. When there's, when there's a very strong hit that it's not happening, you're immediately relieved of it. Because it's seeing an imaginary problem as an imaginary problem. And you're immediately right where you never left. But your attention is here now. Where before, your attention wasn't here where you've never left. It was up here where you can possibly leave. There's better... It's like playing God up in this little mental realm. But here, no matter matter what happens in your life, in any place, you'll always be on the surveillance tape. You're not gone. (laughs) You know what I mean? As a body. Your body has been is right where it seems to be. Up here, it doesn't like that. It's, no, no, I want to think about where I could be or where I was, blah, blah, blah. But it doesn't, it's a small God because it doesn't manifest any of that to anyone else. It's only in your own little private Idaho that you're doing all this shit. You can't make, oh, I've been really thinking about this, but it, that this never appears to be a this to anyone else. Yeah? It does, doesn't it? It doesn't manifest anything here. It's just yapping, yapping, yapping. And so you're in your own little porno theater up there. And the solution is, it is not happening. That's the only solution that holds water. The only solution to an imaginary problem is seeing that it's not happening. That's the only way it works. Once you take it to be real, false evidence now takes to be the, becomes the reality. And you're going to want to get out of what you think you're in. No doubt about it. It's never going to measure up to what you think it should be. Never. And you're never going to measure up. You're going to be an urban renewal project for the moment of death. Constantly going over and over and over what I should have done, what I could have done. Why not? Hey, it, just, it happened. Bye-bye. You know? <laughs> That's right. It can be bye-bye, but it's really hello, hello. The bye-byes of mind, hello, hello, is just finding out. You're constantly in hello. It's like you're always opening the door. (laughs) The meeting, it's never someone's coming in. It's just hello, 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 hello. 
That's like the state of finding out, yeah? You're alert and you're there. Yeah, it's sort of cool. All right, that's it. No more questions.